Hello, hello, hello. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the very first episode of the Academy Arguments, where we have the ugliest fights about the world's prettiest movies. We are so happy to have you all here. Uh, I am Andrew Nuno. And I'm Brittany McHugh. And we are joined uh, for our inaugural episode uh, by my brother from the same mother, my twin brother, Adrian Nuno. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hi, Adrian. So we are so happy to have everybody, uh, you know, tuning in for this. Uh, this uh, was the brainchild of uh, Brittany. We were uh, just talking, actually, uh, about uh, a movie, and each one of us was just kind of like uh, presenting a different opinion. And we thought how interesting it would be to do a podcast where we talk about uh, different Academy uh, Award-winning films, and we bring in a, a different guest for each episode, and we just talk about the movie we analyze various aspects of of the film uh we fight about the movie well yeah we fight about the movie and we try to keep it civil but you know (laughs) we get pretty passionate we have been friends for a while guys and this rivalry dates back many years of disagreeing about a lot of movies so yeah and our first movie is Gravity. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Gravity is the 2013 film by Alfonso Coron featuring Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Uh, it basically centers on a uh, female astronaut who gets abandoned in space uh, after debris completely destroys um, the uh, space shuttle that, that she was in. And... Uh- for those of you who don't know, which is everyone, because this is the first episode of this podcast, this is the movie that Andrew and I, and Adrian yes, and I, absolutely. have been arguing about since it came out. Because... It feels like we've been talking about this since the beginning of time. It is... It dates back, guys. Quite a bit. Um, Because I believe correctly that this movie sucks. Oh, boy. I'm, it just... Uh, just out of curiosity, Sucks. like, what are like your main arguments as to why you? Think well, that's I, what this episode's I about. Have many. So, so we're gonna dive into that yes, shortly. But before we do that, um, <laughs> Andrew and I are going to do a segment at the beginning of every episode, which is everything we thought we knew about the movie before we watched it or rewatched it in some cases. So, Andrew, do you want to go first? What did you? You. This is the. I assume millionth time you've seen the movie. The yeah, and and I know I, I feel it's because like here's the thing: when, whenever I, even before I, I go and see a movie, I basically research it to death. So I I know a pretty good chunk about the movie before I even go and see. So the only thing that would really surprise me at this point would really be more so just plot points that I I didn't think were going to happen, but that would be spoilers for people who may not have seen it. But you've also had six years to see it. Oh, yeah. So if you haven't seen it at this point, it's kind of more so on you than it is on me. Yeah. uh, Side note, everyone. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Every episode. (laughs) Spoiler, obviously. If we're going to talk about the movie for, you know, this entire episode, uh, you probably should see it before you... uh, you know, click on this and, and see it. If you don't, well, uh, you're about to be sorely disappointed with the amount of spoilers we're going to be pulling out. But I, I will say, one thing that I, I thought was going to be the case 
before, even before I saw it for the first time, I was I really thought George Clooney was going to be in the movie more. I didn't expect him to, you know, go off and, and die, you know, about what halfway through, not even halfway through. So I really thought that we were going to see a little bit more of him in in the film. Not that I I mind that Sandra Bullock, you know, had all for herself. She's a you know really great actress, and oh, she more than carried the film on on her back. But I was just it's a little sad, you know, when George Clooney's literally just like drifting no, away I get in, into space. I'm just I like, get no, you. No, come yeah. back, you know. <laughs> so this is the second time I have ever seen this movie. Uh, the first time being actually the night of the Academy Awards, the really? year this film was nominated. Me and my parents watched this movie right before the awards started, and I have a list of things, my before thoughts of Gravity that I'm just gonna read aloud. Sandra Bullock, George Clooney, and a bunch of other people who don't matter because they're going to die in two minutes are in space. Something hits the satellite. George and Sandra survive. George cracks jokes until he dies too. Then it's just Sandra Bullock floating in space forever. She's hyperventilating. And that's it. That is all that happens. She makes it to Earth in the last two minutes. This movie should have been 40 minutes long max, but it was an hour and a half. It felt like forever. Okay, I just want the record... Fuck just, this movie. I just want the record to stand that in your notes, you wrote the number two instead of T-O-O. So Are you judging the way I take notes? I'm just saying. I can take you know, notes you, however you, I want. I, 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 I have to ask, right, right the uh, Brittany, word, I, I have to ask... What did your parents think of the movie? Oh, my mom actually walked in on me again as I was watching this movie. And she watched it with me the first time. And she said, this movie sucks. Really? My parents hated this movie. Correctly. Correctly hated this movie. We all thought it was the boringest movie we had ever the seen. Boringest it was movie? So, yes, the boringest, boringest movie. Okay. I stand oh, by right. that statement. Wow. It was guys, where do you guys want to start with this? So how okay. about um let's start with the opening of the movie. Oh, no 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 I I think we need I think we really need, we need to break this down into categories. Okay. I think that's the cleanest way to do all it. Right, all right, all right. Because if we're gonna literally go through all the parts of the movie, we're gonna be here all night. So I guess let's start with one of the biggest ones which is the story. There's the none. Story. There's none. There is, the story is Sandra Bullock needs to make it to Earth, and that's it. That is the story. And they keep inserting all of these moments of tension into it to make up for the fact that that's the only story. That's it. There's nothing going on in this movie, guys. I'm sorry. There is a lot of tension, but it's just, it is, okay. I mean, we have the first 15 minutes with all the setup and everything, but then it's Sandra Bullock in space freaking out because she's unequipped to be there side note she should have died about a thousand times in this movie okay um, okay but I'm, I'm i'm gonna i'm gonna pause you right there because here's the thing yes i get it she should have died a thousand times in this movie and there were a lot of things that realistically probably would never happen but you also have to remember it's a movie you know so many things even in dark knight one of my all-time favorite movies there are so many things in that movie that realistically don't make sense realistically could never happen. Is there a 
but but part of of seeing a movie is suspending your disbelief. You understanding that is, is what you're witnessing isn't a hundred percent from the Dark Knight that you were like, uh, I loved it, but this could never happen. Guys, this life. is not a Dark Knight podcast we are doing right now. <laughs> I know. I, I'm just saying that if, if yeah. you know you're gonna go off and say, oh well, this thing couldn't possibly happen, therefore I'm holding it against this movie. I mean, so many films that are held in such high regard have so many logical faults within them. Okay, I will give you that. But I'm going to continue what I was saying. This movie is three things back to back over and over and over. It's Sandra Bullock freaking out. Uh, Sandra Bullock gives up hope. Sandra Bullock figures it out. Something bad happens, which causes Sandra Bullock to freak out again and over and over and over again. And there's a lot of tension for sure. But that doesn't mean there's a story. It's just that. Um, I mean, here's the thing. So for me, the the story in of itself is one of survival, surviving against uh, the, the environment that that you find yourself in. And I don't know. I I feel like there are a lot of really good movies that simply have that as as the premise. I mean, I I keep thinking of Dunkirk. Uh, movies like Dunkirk, yeah. where also it's it's kind of it's boring. it's literally you know you're just trying to survive and that is it. Or um, I don't know. For for me, I feel like you know even though at 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 its base, the story is is rather simple. I think that's what allows us to really get into it. Is the fact that you 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 know the the basics. You know enough that this person is our our our. our, our the person we're supposed to be cheering on and they're taking on all these things left and right. And there were a lot of things that happened in this movie that I didn't see coming. And, and you know, what? even though I, I know like yeah. the basic premise of what's going what? on, it, oh it was still thrilling <laughs> for me. Oh my God. How could you not see it coming? It's the same pattern over and over and over and over again. That's what's not interesting to me. But it because, leads her to because... the point where she decides that it's not worth living for. But Brittany, that, which honestly, I wrote she ultimately down. <laughs> makes a decision to choose life, and so Brittany, couldn't we argue that Marvel movies are the same with... thing over and over and over and over again? The difference is Marvel movies are entertaining. <laughs> this was not. Uh, yeah, it was. In what way? I'd say in just about every way, whether it okay, was... that's not an answer. Okay, well, I guess here, here, how about we start with this? For for one. It was the way that they went about the tension, the way they went about, I guess, maybe we have different ideas on what story is. Um, but for me personally, there was a story there. The story of one person by themselves in perhaps the most obsolete environment. And yet, despite what happened, they still, A, chose life, and B, tried to overcome adversity in regards to all the adversity that they faced in the film. So, I mean... Andrew, I mean, yeah, and here's the thing: it's like, I, I don't, I, I don't think that you know. I, I think, especially in today's modern culture, we become so um, predisposed to think that, like, unless there are humongous stakes involved, that a film can't be thrilling or it can't be interesting. And I think that you know, in, in this film, it, I mean, the, it, it's simple. The stakes are simple. It's, it's no, no, no. This some, film had stakes. Yeah, I'll give you that. It was just the same stakes. Over and over and Does over again. Does it have again. to and be it wasn't, different Oh my stakes, God, though. it was just so boring, guys. And okay, I wrote down so many times here that the way they made tension was like focusing in. There was, oh my God, right at the beginning, there was a 
two-minute shot just zooming in on Sandra Bullock's eye. But the reason why and I love like, that shot this is because because it spoke about the state of claustrophobia that she was having. She was by herself. Yes, we alone, get it though. And like as she's like freaking the fuck out, the camera articulates that by we by us getting closer and closer and closer. And here's to the thing, you face. can't you can't but ding who a cares? film. You can't care. It worked so well. You can't ding a film for having the same stakes again and again and again because all the Marvel movies have literally yes, the exact same stakes again and again and again and again. Yeah, but so the Marvel you, movies if, if, also have charming characters in them. It's kind of hard to be charming when you're focusing on trying to fucking survive. George Clooney does it. Uh, and he died. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Which I also but wrote down record, many times, George Clooney should leave her. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's like, I mean, George Clooney should have left her. Someone's trying to survive. Because... He has done this rodeo several times. This was her first time. Why was she in space? So, okay, hold on, hold on. I, Wait, I, no, no, I, no. We need a backtrack here. You, you're you saying they could be at least charming about trying to revive. Like, you're up in space trying no, to fucking survive. No, I'm saying that's be why Marvel movies is, are, are okay, interesting. But they're not, they're, they, you can't compare them because they're so different. All right, then let's stop comparing them, Andrew. Oh, boy. Hey, you're the one that threw the charming comments. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm just trying to, to see your argument all the way through here. Um, yeah, guys, I wrote down so many times in this, in my notes, George Clooney should leave her. George Clooney has a better chance of surviving. There's at one point where she actually says, you should leave me. And I was like, yeah, you should. You should just leave her. Oh, okay. Can we talk about her daughter? Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, so if her daughter wasn't a plot point, not even a plot point, a mention in this movie, this would be the same movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but see here. She's mentioned twice. Yeah, I mean, but so, there's, again, I feel like the, the, those kinds of things, they're not really things that we can pick apart about this movie because so many other phenomenal movies have things like this where it's brought up. But we're not talking we just, about we just, those we movies. We're talking it. about this movie. Exactly, exactly. But I feel like that that really had no impact on my enjoyment of the movie. Yeah. You know, it I think, had no impact yeah, whatsoever, neither. which is why I was curious why they put it in. To show that she's human? To show that she has a life outside of being an astronaut? She doesn't. Her daughter is space? dead. Yeah, because um, here's <laughs> oh, the thing. Oh, that's such an awful thing well, I just Yeah, said. but here's the thing. Even though the, 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 she's not around anymore, because here's the thing. So many films, especially so many popular movies nowadays, they really don't paint humans as... People that have pasts, people who have flaws, people who have things that they're working through. To me, it did its purpose. It helped paint Dr. Ryan Stone as a human being who's coming into this mission with a past, with things she holds on to. And especially when you're in the midst of the things that you're in the midst of, you're going to reflect on your life. You're going to look back at all the things that you that you come into the situation with. I mean, I know that, you know, when I got into my accident, you know, what, was six years ago? Yeah. I mean, basically for the entire rest of of that afternoon, I was thinking on, like, everything in my life. And I was, like, basically just, like, replaying everything. And so I I personally could totally understand how she wants to to reflect on all that. It's, it's, It's human nature. And I would argue that her thinking back about her daughter and how she died could be one of the reasons why she ended up choosing life. So I would buy that if she didn't choose life like a 
thousand times in this movie. She freaks out, she feels despair, then she chooses life. But I would argue that it's a boring she, pattern. But I argue the instance where she started cutting off the oxygen, that was like the 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 peak. But that was you the knew she point. wasn't gonna die. You knew she was going to choose life again because that was the pattern. Also, can we talk about the guy who was on the ham radio in that moment? who started singing and had like dogs and a little baby with him. I did not understand that moment. You guys are like acting very confused, which makes me think you didn't recently rewatch this movie. No, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. Are, did you not come prepared? No, I did. I did my homework. Oh, uh, no preocupes. I don't know. I feel like I have to give you a test now. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, hold on. I, I want to come back to the, to the moment where George Clooney's character comes back as okay. like, an, an apparition. I feel that there's so many elements, not just of like religiosity, but so many elements of rebirth. Yeah, of rebirth that 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 are involved within this this film. And I yes to you know there are a lot of aspects that are realistic about it, but I feel like again when you're seeing a film like this or you're seeing a film in general, you have to suspend your disbelief to a certain degree and you just get taken right out of, of, of the movie. And that would happen with any movie. But you do that in every movie you watch. Like there are so many times when you're watching superhero movies where you're like, oh, they just destroyed that building. Awesome. But everyone in that building is dead now. Yeah, but... I, you do it. You do it unconsciously, no matter what. Yeah, but I, I feel like, you but know... But when it's a bad movie, it sticks out even more, which is what this movie is. Okay, you know what? I'm being a little fair. I don't think this movie is a terrible movie. I just think it was so boring. It was so boring to watch. I So many times I wrote down while I was watching this, I want to stop watching this now oh my God, there's still a half hour left. I want to stop watching this now. How have only five minutes passed? Once you figure out the pattern, it doesn't hold your attention. You know, in light of all this, I would like you to name at least one thing you liked about the movie. One thing I liked about the movie? What did I write down? And no, down? the ending does not count. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, well, I did like that moment. <laughs> um, what did I like? I'm sure I wrote something down here. Uh, <laughs> what did I like? In the meantime, oh, you know what? I did write something positive down. You know that moment where they go back to the um, where they go back to the explorer, mm -hmm. and they're looking in to see if there's any survivors, and that girl's frozen dead body hits the window. I legitimately jumped during that, and I'm like, "All right, movie, all right, jump scare." I I. I'm not going to say I enjoyed it, but you got me. I'll, I'll give you that movie. I will give you that. You got me in that moment. Okay. That's fine. That's and I liked George Clooney's character as a whole. Again, it's George Clooney. He's a very charming man. He's a very charming actor. He's doing... A, right. He, I, I think George Clooney and Sandra Bullock are both doing a very good job. I, think that, I just that, don't think they had much to work I with. I think that brings us into the next aspect of the movie to discuss, which is uh, the acting. It was great. I, I I have no complaints about the acting. I think for what they were given, Sandra Bullock and George Clooney did a very good job. But the fact is, it's a hour and a half movie. Felt like forever. It's an hour and a half movie. Most of it is close-ups. And when they are talking, they're not really saying anything. Ugh, it's just so boring. Oh my God, guys. 
I was sitting through this just being, I want this to stop. Just end. I get it. I get where you're going. Yeah, more tension. I understand. Just end. This movie could have been 40 minutes long. You know what this movie could be that would be actually really good? I wrote this down. This movie would be a great 4D ride at Universal. It would be a fantastic, like, one of those rides where you're strapped in, you put on 3D glasses, it, like, but you know what's the best thing about those rides, aside from being, like, a work of masterpiece because it involves you in the universe and that's really cool, they're, like, 10 minutes long maxed, max, and they tell a whole story in that 10 minutes. This movie could have been shorter. I disagree wholeheartedly with yep. that. Here's the thing, yep. is that... You don't think this movie would be a good ride? I, oh, well, I'm saying I think this movie is was the perfect length. Yeah. I mean, no. it would absolutely also oh. be a great ride. So if anyone at any theme park is listening... Yes, please. Please make this a thing. And please, yes. because it was our idea, give us royalties. Yes. I don't know if you can get royalties from theme park rides, but I feel like we should get Let some. it be known on this day... <laughs> That we, we have the get, idea. This is our idea. This is our idea. It's patented. No, it's not. Aside but from it that, could... Andrew, go ahead. But, you know, I, I feel... I feel <laughs> Andrew looks like he wants to kill us. I feel like the length of, of the movie is fine. You know, I feel like Blade Runner 2049 was way too long for its own good. Never seen it. Manchester by the Sea, way too long for its own good. I saw that one with you. Yes, I remember because we we were all depressed after we saw it. <laughs> but I feel like this... Honestly, this, this movie... You, the the I think the reason why you you have such a, a problem with the length of it is because it doesn't it doesn't operate like a Marvel movie pace. You okay, know? It's, what is your it's, what it's, is you need to stop with the Marvel movie because you <laughs> you said we can't compare it. No, Adrian said we can't compare it to Marvel movies, and you agreed. So we okay. gotta stop with the Marvel. Okay, movies. but in general, we as as a filmmaking audience or a film watching audience. We've been conditioned to really want things to move at a certain pace because of movies like that, that that move the plot along super quickly, sometimes too quick for its own good. And and part of what I, I really liked about this movie is that it really let us take in the majesty of space. You know, when you're when you're out there, when you're in the elements, when you're fighting for your life. I mean, that's not that's not something that you can rush you know it's not something that they can be like well you know is this person gonna live they're gonna die like you're you're right in there with them as they're trying to to get over all this and for me there wasn't a single moment that was like boring yeah. or that was like oh my god i want this to end like i i felt fully engrossed in in the the struggle of of this person trying to make their way back to to earth i mean like, Every single one from when yeah. she's looking at the northern lights to when she's um, trying to re-enter the atmosphere. I mean, just you're you're following all the ups and downs, and and it was just all thrilling for me. Like our dad, for example, he is one of the hardest people to please when it comes to a movie because like he gets bored very easily when it comes to certain movies, and yet this with this film, he was not bored at all. He was awake. And just enjoyed every single second of the movie. And, like, I think he's seen it at least four times. And that alone is, like, an accomplishment for our dad. And so just that alone kind of spoke a lot about, like, how just 
Andrew, myself, and I, our family in general, they really loved this movie. They really loved the pacing. They loved the just the, the situation that you were engrossed in. Um, but you know what film our dad didn't like? First Man with Ryan Gosling. That movie was hot. Trash. That one was I terrible. I never saw that movie. And you never have. Okay, to. so here's my thing about the cinematography because it won best cinematography. It did. In my name Lebeski. I don't. I don't think it was did a bad job, but. I didn't think there was anything, and I'm trying to think back to when I first saw this movie in two, 2013. Oh, God, really? That long? Have we known each other since 2013? We've known each other since high school, <laughs> oh my so gosh. yeah, that's totally, totally uh, believable. I remember being like more impressed with the Star Wars movies interpretation of space in terms of cinematography in general. I just, there wasn't anything in particular about this movie. It was beautiful to look at, but there wasn't anything I found particularly new about it. And I, I'm not a cinematographer. I don't do that. But as an audience member, there wasn't, I didn't see what was so special about it. And part of that was one of the reasons why it just wasn't holding my attention. Now, it won the award. Award shows are meaningless, but it won the award. We're doing an entire podcast. Even though our podcast deals with the Academy Awards. <laughs> Guys, first episode, Academy Arguments, award shows are meaningless. This is what my, this my position. This will not be the last time you hear Britney say this. Let us, let us put this on the record, ladies it and gentlemen. It will not be. Here's the thing about the, 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 the cinematography. So much of of what made the cinematography impressive was how seamless they made incredibly complicated shots. You know, I think the fact that that you're saying what you're saying it, it ironically almost almost communicates how great a job the cinematography did. Because when you think, especially about, I mean, even just like the the opening shot. Yep. The opening scene that movie alone that was. One shot opening sequence, and that was not an easy Wait, thing to are do you t- at all. Sorry, the open, <laughs> was, yeah, the, the opening of the movie was actually quotes, where they they okay, ended. I'm about, by, okay, no, no, no. But I just think it was funny because they ended it by saying life in space is impossible, and I immediately wrote, except it's not, as we'll see by this movie that's about to happen. <laughs> I just was really funny that they would put that right at the beginning of the movie and then be like oh look but we're gonna prove you wrong but life alas, in space no, is possible but, but, but i'm like to a degree but it was to, to you're a degree. not proving with, with, anything with, with alas, the sequence after the but quotes. the opening sequence that followed <laughs> that i mean that that is that was such a hard thing to 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 pull off i just felt that I, it I, was I, it was so well executed exactly and it, there, there were so many elements at work in that one scene that i feel like you know that that's what made it, it the film so so amazing is that it took these really long and, and complex sequences and really worked to to make them seamless and and to make it something that we don't even think, oh, like, oh man, this must have been so hard to pull off. We we think, oh my god, this must have been the easiest thing in the world. And then on top of that, to also have to merge that with the visual effects that were done in this movie, which, I mean, fun fact, um, of the Seven Academy Awards that it won, best visual effects was fortunately one of them, and rightfully so, because yeah. um, if you ever get a chance to also see the behind the scenes of how they did the visual effects, like they are they they did things that on a, on a level that I had never seen before. Um, and to do it on a manner that they can, can combine the physicality 
of live action with an environment that they get to manipulate and create to ultimately what you see in the film. It's it's just it's mind blowing. Um, and I just I, I really commend not just the visual effects department, but also uh, Alfonso Cuaron and Chivo, because, um, of course, they what ultimately was the final product they didn't see on set when they were filming. And so there were so many things that they had to account for and take note of that ultimately they would do in the editing room, but of course they couldn't see that on set. Um, and so it's a very, very tricky kind of process that could easily go wrong in so many ways, and the fact that it didn't, that in itself is a miracle. I'm not disparaging anyone's effort. I know that it probably took hours of labor and hard work and creativity to create this. And props to you. Props to anyone who worked on this film because I know you worked hard. Oh, no, I, I didn't think you were. But my <laughs> thing is, if you were going to win the Academy Award, awards mean nothing, the Academy Award for Best Cinematography then as an audience member who does not know, and you guys you guys can say all this because you both are cinematographers, but from an audience member's perspective who doesn't really know anything about cinematography, I think if you were going to win the award, you should be wowed. And there wasn't anything, and I'm again, I'm not saying it was bad at all, but there wasn't like an extra oh my gosh, factor that people felt when they saw Star Wars for the first time. That's not... Honestly, I wasn't wowed by Star Wars cinematography no, I, at I'm all. talking about like years when it well, aired. Yeah, but, 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 but here's the thing. It's just like... When the originals aired. We're not talking about Honestly, the there, there were there were several moments watching Gravity where I was wowed by the cinematography. But you're a cinematographer. Yeah, but I, I feel like, you know, even even like my parents, there were moments when they were completely entranced by it. And my parents fell asleep. Well, you know. <laughs> it, it, firstly, I think in that year in particular, there was no other film that could have compared with the cinematography. What were the other... I'm going to look this up really quick. You know, there were, for, for me at least, there were several moments that, that were just so amazing and so breathtaking. Right. From a cinematography standpoint, that I honestly like them winning best cinematography was just a no-brainer slam dunk in in my opinion. You know, you, you may think that, that, that there was nothing that was like truly like amazing or wowing or eye popping from from that perspective, but for me, there was a lot to to enjoy from a cinematography perspective. And I feel even if you didn't have that knowledge, you, you would still find something to to enjoy about this movie from a cinematographer's right. perspective that would uh, really show why it took home the gold in the end. We need to make a quick correction here. Uh, Gravity did not win the 2013 Best Cinematography. It won the 2014 Best Cinematography. So, okay. so, but so Andrew was wrong. I win. Andrew was wrong. We got him, guys. So it was what great. were the nominees that <laughs> um, year for, for Best that Cinematography? Year, uh, so that was the grandmother, the grandmaster, excuse me, to the grandmaster fans out there. Um, Inside Llewellyn Davies, Nebraska. Oh, inside uh, Llewellyn inside Davis. Llewellyn Davis. Okay. That was Roger Deakins, right? Guys, that was Roger Deakins. Poor I can't guy. believe you guys just humiliated me on my own podcast. How dare you? Uh, this is also my podcast. <laughs> yeah. So. As my co-host. Learn to share. I can't believe you just humiliated me. You walked into that yourself. <laughs> that is your choice. You know? Um, the others were Nebraska and Prisoners. I can't speak. Uh, I saw Nebraska also was not the Wait, biggest fan. Wait, wasn't Prisoners also Roger Deakins? Yeah, Roger Deakins. 
Oh, he got nominated twice and he still lost. Who? No, it's Roger Deakins did not get nominated twice. Oh wait, who? wait, what? He got no. He just got nominated for Prisoners. What did you think he did? Didn't he also? What was the other one? Um, we had Gravity, The Grandmaster, Inside. Lowen Davis. Lowen Davis. I thought that was. Uh, wait, no, who? that's Bruno Del Bron- Oh my goodness. Okay. Woof. Yeah. Since oh, wait, no, it was Hail this... Caesar, Roger Deakins. Okay, so since we're talking about this, I think it would be best if we brought up what this film won and what it was nominated for. So Gravity actually received 10 nominations. I don't know what you were saying before. Well, no, it, 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 of those, it won seven of them. Of those, it did win seven. Yeah, that's so what I was saying. So it won Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Visual Effects, Best Film Editing, Best Original Score, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing. Mm-hmm. You'll notice none of those are story-driven awards anyway that is one thing i can compliment this movie on i thought the sound was very good the sound editing was very good i will give them that i thought their use of when they sucked the sound out was very interesting and unlike unfortunately the cinematography which i didn't think added much to the story i actually thought the sound did try to add a lot to the story and tried to lift the story up while this movie in itself it felt more like it was like, oh, look at me. And it felt more like it was a vanity thing as opposed to telling a story. Look at the tension I can put in. Look at how pretty the earth is. Look at this interpretive dance Sandra Bullock is doing while George Clooney is dying when she gets into the International Space Station. It looked like an interpretive dance. I'm not going to lie. It looked 100% as like an interpretive dance. But uh, the sound, as I was saying, the sound I actually think helped it and what did you think of the music i didn't have much of an opinion on it it i wasn't it wasn't too noticeable to me it didn't stand out you know that's i I thought it was kind of slow which maybe added to the boring factor (laughs) okay i mean this is why people listen to like calming sounds when they fall asleep it's supposed to calm the body down and just make you fall asleep which is what it did for my parents. I don't know. I, I really like the music. I mean, Stephen Price's score is... is. I mean, didn't he win the Oscar for... for... I think he did, actually. Yeah. Best original sound. It did... Wait, sound... Score. 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 I was going to say. Me. I think it was yeah. score. I mean, yeah. Stephen's, Stephen Price's score does such a great job of, of not only being cinematic, but also really kind of blending itself into the environment of the film. And I feel like the best soundtracks not only are great from a, a music standpoint, but they do such a good job of capturing the aesthetic of the film that they're in. Which was it was boring? Uh, no, it's yeah. the fact that it I'm took sorry, place up dude. in space. It helped create a lot of suspenseful, intense moments. It's the reason why Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, I believe, deserve the Oscar for when they went for The Social Network, because not only was the film, or was, the, was their score great, but... I mean, it did such a good job of capturing the essence of the story that it was covering. And I feel like in, in, in the very same way, Stephen Price did such a great job with the Gravity score for the same reasons. No, absolutely. Stephen Price, I'm so sorry. They called your score boring. It, I'm so uh, on the contrary, sorry. Brittany, called, your Brittany called the score boring. boring. Stephen Price, as you are obviously listening to this podcast, I am so sorry. Uh, for the record, if you are listening, I would love to work with you one day. So if you are willing to work on a project that is 
like a quarter or even like one tenth of the budget that you're usually given, we'd love to have you. Adrian, please like save this for the plug section of this. I don't That's know what fair. you're doing right now. Uh, have you heard intruding. this? There's a plug section now. <laughs> yes, you're intruding on the talking section, and I feel <laughs> like Stephen Price is really insulted that you would do that right now. Hey, he's, he's helping a kid with a dream. I really hope he never hears this. <laughs> this will come back in 20 years to haunt all of us. This will haunt all of oh, us. Boy. I don't care. Um, oh, boy. So there was, I mean, there was a lot in this story where I feel like they were sacrificing plot points for the sake of beauty. Again, it felt like really vain, this movie did, as opposed to trying to tell a good story. Like, there was a moment where she floated right past a fire a fire like right past and i'm like there is no way that you wouldn't notice fire floating right next to you they established very early on in the film that she had butterfingers she was kind of clumsy she kept dropping things yet she was able to withstand two airlocks being blast open and hold on to them um there was like what else did i put down there was like a moment where she was breathing on CO2. Uh, oh, it was um, it was right after she let George Clooney die. And George Clooney was floating away. Bye, George Clooney. And she her CO2 poisoning alarm was going off. Right. That lasted for eight minutes. I don't know how long it would take to die from CO2 poisoning, but I feel like eight minutes is too long. There, there was a pen that just kept floating around her shuttle at one moment that I was just very annoyed with and I couldn't stop looking at it because I'm like, why is this here? <laughs> she's freaking out. She's going to kill herself because she's going to turn off the oxygen. What, what's with the pen, though? What is going on with that pen? There, there was a lot of just... It, it almost seems sloppy because... There were all these plot points I was finding. I mean, I wrote down she should be dead about a thousand times. Sandra Bullock, I love you. I really do. I think you're a phenomenal actress. This is about your character, not you. Okay. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. George Clooney says at the very beginning, what is the scanning system to Sandra Bullock? Did he not know what they were coming to do? He's... I, I, He's I in they, charge of I the mission. Did, but like the reason they brought in Ryan Stone was because maybe she, I mean, no, obviously she was the only engineer who maybe knew how to fix a certain part. Of... No, she was installing something. Well, yeah, installing something, yeah. But... but he didn't know what it was. It was, he's the leader of the mission. Well, yes, he's the leader of the mission, but I mean, he can instruct someone to go and do something that maybe he doesn't have a lot of knowledge on. Like, yes, he's the leader of the mission, but he's leading people to do stuff that maybe he didn't really know a lot about. Adrian, I see your point. I do. <laughs> but that's the only reason they were there. That's the only reason they spent billions of dollars to go to space where they then where they spent a week, I believe, installing this scanning system for a week and George Clooney has only now thought to ask, you know, what are we doing up here? That, I'm sorry, no. That's not a thing that would happen, ever. For a rocket scientist? I guess we will just agree to disagree. 
Yeah, he's saying that because he knows I'm right. So I win. I win. Oh, oh, I oh, win. oh, 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 oh. Andrew's like, <laughs> Andrew's just Andrew, like, you going to argue with these plot holes? Andrew's just like, hold my beer. Every single film has plot holes. Every single film has that plot holes. That doesn't necessarily make a film bad. But it does when you have little story. Oh. When there's little story and there's all these sloppy pot, plot holes, it's it's basically my point. They didn't really care about the story. They just wanted to make a beautiful movie. Mm. Andrew, your statement. I feel like we're in court. <laughs> I feel like I've become the judge all of a sudden. You know, yeah. Okay, well, we, we've, we've already talked enough about story. we got to move on to some of these these other, other categories. The directing. I Directing is very hard for me because... I don't know how you can see it. Uh, and I, I come from a theater background. And in theater, I think the direction is kind of clearer because it's the way that people are blocked, the way people move around the stage. And I know in film it has... There's yeah, a- I mean, for me, directing is basically the the sum of all the parts. You know, because when, you, when you're a director... You have to know how to utilize your actors. You have to know how to utilize your cinematographer, how to utilize the editing, the music. You have to, you are the conductor that is conducting your orchestra. And the film as a whole is the symphony. And so for for me, I mean, I think in, in the hands of, you know, the Michael Bays of the world, this could have been basically Armageddon. Armageddon. Um, Armageddon? Ar- you know, Armageddon? You know, you know what he meant. Guys, Andrew's <clears throat> thinking about sex right now, guys. I don't Wait, know what's what? what? Armageddon? Oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh, Anywho, my God. Um, hey, you're the one who's but, thinking about sex. But but in the hands of, you know, Alfonso Cuaron and... And I think so much of his background, you know, growing up in Mexico and and his upbringing and everything, he really does see things with a very poetic, and and he manages to find the beauty and and all even even, you know, the most horrific moments. And I I feel like that very much applies to this film where, you have an astronaut who's trying to survive in space. I mean, I. I, I still remember the moment when, you know, Dr. Ryan Stone gets back into the the shuttle and uh, she's spinning and her position is very similar to like um, a baby in a, a baby. Oh, in, the in interpretive the dance? Well, George, dance. okay, it was. She it was looked, standing. She was like. St- no, 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 guys. That was, was an interpretive dance. The way she took her space suit off. With the music, with the swirling around, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, this is an interpretive dance of rebirth. Yep, I get it. Meanwhile, George Clooney is floating off, was just talking to her. The first thing she does after this full two minutes of this interpretive dance is go try and contact him again. And I'm like, lady, he died because you took two minutes to do that fun little rebirth dance you just did. He died. I mean... She was like, no, no matter what, what, what was gonna happen, he was gonna die. So really, I, I. Sure, but maybe he could wanted to talk to her some more. Maybe he wanted to like have he, he a few dead. last no, moments. He maybe he wanted to know, did you make it in the international space station? Did I sacrifice myself case, for something? He did. Whatever the case, he did. So he, he, he's no longer relevant. Um. Yeah, I mean, here's the I I I but I I love that moment. I think 
again, this just goes back to he manages to find the beauty in in moments like that. The 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 poetry, the visual poetry in those in those moments, and and for that reason, I think he takes you know what could just be a thriller, and he oh, he what really. What if this movie had like the things from uh, a quiet place in it? Only yeah. it was in space. <laughs> it's called Alien. Oh, um, I've never seen Alien. Okay, we'll see. Now you yeah. have to. Well, now you yeah. have it's to. on our list, actually. That will be... Alien f- and Aliens. Mm. Two different movies, guys. Well, that will be Both for, won Academy for, Awards. for another, <laughs> another episode. Right. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. we have talked a lot about the film and a lot of different aspects, but I feel now... It's time for closing remarks. Are you running this podcast? What is this, sir? (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, control your brother, please. Yeah, you you gotta, gotta, gotta be patient here. Yeah, Aaron, what are you, what are you doing, man? In all seriousness, though, I I think it it is, it is time for closing remarks to 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 come. Um, I I can start with with um. With closing remarks here, so and my closing remarks really is just you know having seen Gravity you know as many times as, as I have, I still hold hold my belief that it, it's such a beautifully crafted movie and you know there there are a lot of films that I've seen in the past ten years but very few movies I feel nowadays like tr- truly stay with me, um, as in like there's like you know, an image that, that like pops to my head that like stays with me or I feel like representative of the movie. And, you know, it's just something that that's just so powerful. I I feel very few movies manage to move, you know, get me in that way anymore. And I feel gravity is one of those few movies that, uh, that stays with me even long after I've seen it just because, it takes what on on the surface could have been just a really simple movie and it transcends that and it becomes so many other things and that that to me is is amazing that it managed to be this and this and and, and go in between the two so effortlessly and now we have Brittany <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay i think the acting was good I did like the sound design, but overall, I felt like this movie thought it was very, very pretty, and because of that, it sacrificed an interesting story. It's very, very hard for me to engage with a movie that doesn't either have very sympathetic characters, and again, nothing against the performances of George Clooney and Sandra Bullock, it's very hard for me to engage with movies where I don't feel a compelling story or compelling characters. And because of that, I just think this movie is boring. I mean, I I remember I had an argument with you once, put this movie in a museum if you want to look at it. I'm sure it would be really great to look at, but if you want to watch something, I I don't see how this movie would be entertaining at all. Mm-hmm. Gravity is a film that continues to kind of just rattle itself in my mind to this day. It's a film that just has a lot to say, not just about survival, but also what's like to fight the inertia of 
circumstances that you encounter every day in your life. And a lot of that was shown through metaphors throughout the film. It was the kind of film that just as soon as it was over, I want to go back in and see it again. Um, and it was just the kind of film that I personally don't see a lot of these days. The kind of film that just immediately engages with you so much throughout. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's really all I have to say about it. Okay, so anything you guys want to plug? So, um, shameless plug, uh, just because I'm the guest here, um, but uh, no, 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 I... you can plug yourself. <laughs> well, for... Adrian, this is the point. Okay, for one, uh, I have an Instagram you should follow. It's at Adrian the Nuno Twin. Um, there's a lot of uh, cool little quotes and... Uh, pictures and some behind the scenes stuff from uh, past projects that I've done that you should go check out. But aside from my Instagram, uh, there's also a web series that Andrew and I uh, do. It's called Bordered. Um, it is a Latinx web series that uh, delves into so many things, whether it's LGBTQ plus issues, whether it's the concept of family. Uh, the pilot is currently available right now through the web streaming platform OpenTV. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm sure this will be like in the show notes below and all that. Yeah, so, we'll put it in. Um, yeah, definitely uh, check it out. And then, uh, we should be, uh, getting rolling on the rest of the first season soon. So yeah, more to come on that as uh, we go along. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I'll just plug my Instagram, uh, Andrew, the new twin, you know, never hurts. Gotta, gotta stay consistent with that branding. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we're really excited for, for bordered to, to keep that going. Um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of work that's gone into making sure that the first season can happen. And, and we look forward to, um, bringing that to life uh i have an instagram my instagram is at britney blue-eyed i forgot my instagram for i was a gonna second. say did you forget it it's at britney blue-eyed um i post stuff on there about travel and the work i do as an actor and anything i find funny really so i would like to plug that awesome perfect awesome well thank you very much everybody for tuning in we really appreciate it uh and stay tuned for our next episode uh, coming through. And until next time, remember, even when life gets tragic, you can always believe in movie magic. What? Where did that come from? I'm pretty sure I'm part leprechaun. Because that just like, that literally just like rolled off the tongue. Wow. You did you come up, up with that? that? Yeah. That just like literally, that just like, that just rolled off the, the tongue. Life oh my tragic, God. You, you know what's going to happen now. Magic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm like shrink. Every time we end this podcast, you have to come up with a rhyme now. Oh God! That's what's gonna Wait, happen. Wait, is that now. where we're making the the gimmick now? That's the gimmick. Oh, you've established yeah. it okay. in the first episode. Well, I, mean, I kind of like that ending. That that kind of worked pretty. No, no, no. Well. He's gonna have to come up with a new rhyme. Oh man, new rhyme okay. every time. Well, this for is... this one, the 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 ending punch is. When life gets tragic. Even when life gets tragic, you can Always still believe in movie magic. magic. Thank you very I much, everybody. And have a wonderful West. West? Oh, my Lord. Have a Wes Anderson day. <laughs> have a Wes Anderson day. Have a wonderful rest of your evening, morning, noon, whenever you're watching this. Keep being wonderful, people. One we'll cannot watch a podcast. They have to listen to it. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
The Academy Arguments was created by Brittany McHugh and Andrew Nuno. It is produced by Brittany McHugh, Andrew Nuno, and Adrian Nuno. It is edited by Brittany McHugh, and the artwork is by Olivia Jensen. If you liked what you heard here today, please leave a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps the show when you do. If you didn't like what you heard, then give us a four-star review and torture us over why we couldn't just get that last star. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or suggestions for an upcoming movie choice, you can reach us at our email, academyarguments at gmail.com. 